On the last episode of The Nexus, we spoke with Stephanie. Now we understand each other's strengths better because of how we work together. And Jonathan. There is a trend that is about exactly the same work can be performed in office and at home. I really don't think that's accurate. Two people whose companies have taken completely opposite approaches to work. And in this, part two of our look at how specific companies are approaching work as we come out of the pandemic, we're going to speak to someone else. Someone whose company is splitting the difference between Stephanie's team and Jonathan's. Hybrid is the messy middle of work paradigms. That is Helen Cup. She works at Slack, where she not only works with her team in a hybrid fashion, she also studies it. Helen leads Future Forum, a research group founded by Slack that looks at how the world of work is changing. And she's going to tell us how, for all its challenges and complexities, hybrid work will most likely be the predominant trend of the future. Helen joins us at the Nexus. Helen, talk a little bit about Future Forum, what it does, and in particular, what it did around the subject of hybrid work, if you could. We're basically a research and executive consortium, and we're backed by Slack, but also our founding partners, Boston Consulting Group, Herman Miller, and Management Leadership for Tomorrow, which is a nonprofit that's focused on transforming the leadership pipelines for underrepresented groups. We know that we're in this once in a lifetime moment where we have this opportunity to radically reimagine leadership and management and the how of how we work together. We know there aren't easy answers and there's no blueprint for hybrid, right? There's no blueprint for where we go from here in this future of work. But we believe that through bringing together insight and dialogue with our executives, we can actually experiment and collectively create much better ways of working together. I've heard you call hybrid work the messy middle of new work paradigms. Tell us why. With hybrid, you have so many more possibilities. You know, when someone says hybrid, it's hard to say, well, do you mean one day in the office? Do you mean four days? Does it mean that one person is going to be in the conference room while four are going to be in video or the other way around? There's a lot more degrees of freedom there. And that means it's hard to know and expect what is that going to look like and how to create a great experience around it. And so it becomes messy because the expectations are so varied now and we have to be way more intentional about things like why are we coming together? How are we doing that so that we keep this level playing field for everyone? There's a lot more unknowns, a lot more experimentation to build a great experience for everyone, no matter how they are showing up. It takes more intentional thought to ensure that playing field continues to stay level. And yet, despite that, a lot of companies are favoring that particular model. Why do you think they'd want to go through with it despite all of the challenges, potential or real? I think there are lots of valuable things that we have learned and gotten from this period of fully remote work. One of the biggest, most consistent things that we're finding in our research is that it's not about hybrid. It's more around flexibility. We've all heard the great resignation in the market. We always talk about this war for talent that's going on. 
But actually, talent has won. Individuals have so much more options now for where and who they work for. And so ultimately, they'll vote with their feet. And we're seeing that in the data. 57% of people, so more than half, are open to new opportunities in the next year because flexibility is so critical to what people are looking for in their jobs now. That is second only to compensation when people are looking at employee satisfaction and job satisfaction. Helen, we're talking about flexibility somewhat generally. I'd love to know, based on your research, about the specific ways in which people wish to be flexible. When we asked in the Future Forum Pulse research, 76% of global knowledge workers want flexibility in location, so where they're working from. But a stunning 93% of people want flexibility in when they're working, so schedule flexibility. And really what that points to is flexibility around how you work and how you work with and interact with your coworkers. At Slack, the office culture wasn't working for a lot of people. I was a new mom. When I first went on mat leave, there were all of the same concerns around how do I ask to work from home one day a week? And will it come off as I'm not ambitious enough that I don't want to move up in my career? Those were the kinds of questions that we had in our heads before. And so flexible work does support that. We found that of those currently working remotely, 85% of women, for example, want flexible and hybrid work compared to 79% of men. And we know that hybrid and remote work is a game changer for people of color. We've seen in the data that Asian, Black, and Hispanic employees see a higher sense of belonging when they're in that more flexible, remote environment. Flexible work has just reduced the need to constantly readjust to the norms of that white male dominated office culture to do that code switching and reducing those instances of microaggressions and discrimination that we often feel in the workplace. Is there a ideal hybrid model? And if there is, how is it achieved? Freedom within a framework is a phrase that I really like to use. You want to provide some structure around how to think about flexibility but every team operates a little differently. Every company operates a little differently. At Slack, we have product development and engineering teams and design teams that work closely together. They're more internal facing. They like having chunks of time like maker weeks where they do focused work and just get creative ideas down quickly. Then you have teams at the company that are much more external facing. So sales or business development and the way that they operate and the cadence in which they work on projects is very different. So flexibility looks different for them and their needs are different. It's more around giving teams and departments and leaders flexibility to go and define what works for them. How do they want to collaborate and ideate? A lot of people who perhaps have misgivings about hybrid work talk about the challenges it brings to collaboration, perhaps to innovation, but they also mentioned there's an asymmetry in the experience within a team, perhaps a shift in the politics. Based on your research, have you seen any interesting and novel ideas on how to sidestep these challenges? Just to your first point in the research, it's definitely a myth. I think a lot of executives that we speak to do have this fear of if I'm enabling flexibility, it's going to be the Wild West. It's going to be chaos. 
When we survey knowledge workers, they're not looking for complete freedom. They want structure too. They want some guidance and some guardrails around how do I think about flexible work, not just for myself, but within the team. That's echoed in the data. In terms of how you can actually implement it as a leader, Strategies that we've seen work well across a lot of the future forum executives that we engage with is starting first at the company level with a set of principles. So defining company level principles for how you want to operate more flexibly. It feels like there's agility in smaller companies. There is something baked into the culture at places like Slack that allows a hybrid work model to sort of like take root and stick around. Yeah, we focus on being digital first. That's really important for us and building experiences that are inclusive and continue to level that playing field no matter where you're working from. And setting those principles at the company level leads you to start to think about what are some of the guardrails then that you set as a leader to help mitigate inequity of experience if you are the one person on Zoom while everyone is in the office. Good examples of leadership guardrails are leadership speed limits is what we coined it. If you say that you are a company that allows flexible work, but your C-suite is coming back into the office five days a week, sitting in the top floor of headquarters, you may be saying you're flexible, but your behaviors are going to cause downstream impact where people are going to feel a need to come back to the office where power is centralized. So instead, you can flip that and say, as a guardrail, leadership shouldn't come into the office more than two days a week. In our most recent round of research that we launched in October, we surveyed both executives and broader knowledge workers, and we found there was a great disconnect between employees and executives. Executives are nearly three times more likely than other employees to want to return to the office full time. And part of that is because we have very divergent experiences. Executives have sort of grown up in the world of work, walking the halls and knowing that that was the way to build their reputation, connect with people. They tend to have better access to resources. They have stronger networks and community. And in many ways, they've always had more flexibility. And we see that in the data too. They score higher on flexibility than individual contributors. And so what we have to be thoughtful about when we think about the hybrid workplace in this future is yes, Flexible work really unlocks more diversity and in particular, more inclusion for groups of people where the office just never really worked well for them. But we do have to be thoughtful about those leadership and executive behaviors that send the right message, that help foster the importance of continuing to work in a more flexible and inclusive way. Are there some company-wide life hacks that gets you to a hybrid model faster if you're a legacy company, and then once taken, makes it harder for it to walk it back if that's what employees and workers want. Company-wide life hacks. I love that phrase. I hear this often that hybrid or fully remote is easier for smaller companies, and in some ways, yes, but you'd be surprised. 
there are a lot of companies that we talk to, it's just going to make it easier for them to get more talented people in the door because of that stat that I mentioned of how people are going to vote with their feet. They're going to want flexibility. They're going to want to come to companies that are offering an environment that's more flexible, inclusive and connected. It sounds like it's about giving some people at a team level, perhaps even at individual levels, the room to kind of like create those rules. Because once you have that, it's hard to root it out if, say, a company wishes to shift direction. Would that be fair to say? I would argue that this allows you to be more agile and, and shift directions as you need. But it is giving teams and individuals some of that agency in deciding what works best for them. And I think moving in that direction of trusting your teams and saying, I know that you can be productive, and that helps you build momentum behind that more flexible hybrid work that starts to really help drive that sort of hearts and minds change across a larger complex organization that isn't a startup. We're in a situation now where we're not going back. I think anyone who thinks that we're going back to how we used to work before is ignoring all of that data around what are employees looking for? Where are they going to go? I think if you go back to, you know, fully five days in the office, it's unlikely that based on everything that we've seen in the data and in conversations with execs, it's unlikely that you're going to stay competitive with the best talent and the most diverse talent, to be totally honest. Helen, I could talk to you all day about this. You've been fascinating. Thank you for having me. Is your company pondering a change in the way its people work together? If so, then maybe Nexus can help. For the last two decades and throughout the pandemic, Nexus has been supporting clients as they adapt to new ways of working, and we can do the same for you. Find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. The Nexus is produced by Alexa Paveo and Mertz Jaffer with editing and sound design by Jeff Littlejohn. I'm Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.